Chapter 14 of Secretary Hawkins in Cuba. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Secretary Hawkins in Cuba by Secretary Hawkins. A Lady's Sleeper. The following morning, we held a little meeting in Lucio's cabin. I had not slept very much because of the excitement that night on the rocks of Casanova. Broken nosed Diego was taken back to the boat by Gabriel while we went round the base of the jutting rock from which the other sailor had fallen. But not a trace did we find of him. The water is deep there against that rocky wall, and the flashing, now and then, of white shapes near the surface told us that sharks had a playground there. So we went back to the boat to try to sleep, but I was very nervous after what I had seen, and I made dark waters sleep with me. I was so tired that I finally fell asleep toward morning. But I had all sorts of wild dreams and was glad when I heard the call to breakfast. Send Gabriel up to me, said Lucio on the trusty workman who had just come into the cabin. As he left to carry out the order, Lucio turned to Dak and said, Gabriel has me puzzled. He's a good man and a smart one too, but he comes and goes so quietly that one does not know where or when to look for him. You are thinking of this sudden appearance on the rocks last night, asked Duck. Yes, didn't it strike you as strange that he should have been there right at the moment that the ghost disappeared? He may have been standing behind us for quite a while, for all we know. It was just when we heard his voice that we thought of looking. Well, here he comes. We might as well question him. I never did believe in ghosts, and I don't feel like starting to believe in such things now. Gabriel entered with that same mysterious smile. The señor sent for me? Lucio sat across the table and stared at him. Gabriel's smile faded. Gabriel, began Lucio, tell us how you happened to be on the rocks last night when we saw the fall of one of your men. I miss those two men began Gabriel, and I must make them come back. They get money from Señor Peralta for work on the boat. I look out and see a light up on the rack. I go to bring them back. Then I get there, I hear yells. I run faster. Then I see you, so I stop. I think perhaps you have fight with my men. You saw the man fall, asked Lucio. I saw him fall. Just when I arrive, I see the ghost of Casanova push him off the rack. 
Who was the man who fell? Pablo Saules, the foreman. The men call him El Capitan. Do you know why he went up these rocks? Broken Nose Diego tell me they look for much money. What else did Diego tell you? Nothing. He is too sick to speak. He talks wild. He had bad dreams. Well, we will have Dr. Waters look at him shortly. Did you look to see if Pablo Salas could be found? Gabriel smiled again and slowly shook his head. No, senor. He will never be found. When Casanova's ghost touch a man, he's never seen again. Lucio looked hard at Gabriel for a moment, and Dak's face grew very serious. As for Link, Will Stanish, and myself, I think we turned pale together. That will be all, Gabriel, said Lucio. Take care of broken nose Diego, and have everything ready for their return trip to the villa. Si, si, senor. After Gabriel had gone, Dak and Lucio talked the matter over, but neither of them could explain much more than before Gabriel told his story. No matter how they argued, there was one thing certain. Ghosts or no ghosts, something had shoved Pablo Saulus off that rack to his doom. And... I'm going to settle my mind about that, said Lucio. Before long, I will tell you what it was that killed Pablo Saulus. We heard someone walking rapidly up the deck, and in a few moments in, stepped Link's father. Lush, he said, addressing Lucio. This ain't no place for any peaceful man to live. I guess we got to move my shanty somewhere else. What's the trouble now, Jeff? asked Lucio. Spooks, said Mr. Lambert. This whole darn place is full of them. You can hear screams and noises all night long. I didn't get much rest last night, Lush. Sounded like all them spooks had got together for a jubilee or something. I ain't afraid of spooks. You know me, Lush. Lucio laughed. I didn't think you were till now, he said. But honest, Jeff, I believe you are afraid. Link's father went over and sat with his son. Link, he said, ain't you been having dreams of spooks? Every night, broke in the skinny guy. Sometimes I think they are in my room. Once I saw a shape that seemed to come through the window. At first I couldn't make out what it was, but at last it seemed to grow clear. It looked at me over my bed, and I thought my mother was looking at me. Mr. Lambert patted his boy's head. She's near, I guess, he said. God let them that love you come back to earth, Link, and you know what the preacher back home used to say. Their spirit is with us everywhere we go. Link 
seemed to be happy. Come and let's go outside, Uncle Lucio, he begged. It's too nice to stay on this boat all day. Of course, said Lucio. We will have to go out and see what can be done about moving your daddy's cabin. When once a man gets afraid of a place, we might as well make a change. Then we will take a trip through the rocks. Or, if you prefer, I'll have Baldez get the shark hooks ready. This delighted all three of the boys, and we hurriedly made ready for the trip. The first thing we saw as we walked around the rocky shore was the wreck of a steam yacht, which had been a fine-looking boat before it had struck the rocks. Valdez, the trusty man of Uncle Lucio's, told him that it had been caught in a storm about a mile out, and that the wind had won its battle with the vessel, throwing it up on the rocks and capsizing it. Eight men, said Valdez, had lost their lives in the yacht. We wanted to climb inside, but Lucio would not permit it, because of the dangerous slant of the floors. It cost the lives of eight men, said Lucio, and that is enough for any boat, and we won't try to explore it. Perhaps later we can have it braced up. We went up to Mr. Lambert's cabin, but after looking it over, Lucio decided that it better stay where it was. So, finally, they agreed to let a man from Lucio's house stay there with Link's father, and he was satisfied. Duck and Mr. Lambert sat down in the cabin to smoke their pipes, and Lucio took us down to the sea under the jutting wreck of Casanova's doom. Valdez already had a heavy line hanging from a place on the wreck, and about five feet from where it touched the water, a chain had been fastened to it, at the end of which was a big hook with a piece of meat upon it. When we came up, Valdez let the rope down until nearly all the chain was under water. Besides Valdez, there were two other men from the boat, wearing only a pair of swimming tights, and around their waist was a leather strap in which a sheath knife was fastened. When all was ready and set, the men moved back to the wreck and sat down in the shade while we picked for ourselves comfortable seats around Uncle Lucio. How long will we have to wait, Uncle Lucio? asked Link. Lucio shook his head. That's hard to say, he replied. Sometimes you have to wait an hour, sometimes longer than that, and sometimes you can wait forever and not see a sign of a shark. But this is their favorite spot. Keep your eye on the rope, and when you see it shake, watch Valdez and his men. We watched and waited until we grew restless. The rope hung as steel and as straight 
as though it were a thing growing in the water. It was about a half hour later when we saw a rowboat coming, and in it sat Duck Waters and Link's father, who was rowing carefully with a pair of homemade oars. Well, if Jefferson Lambert ain't the same old fellow, said Lucio, look now. He has built himself a boat already. It doesn't take him long. Hey there, Jeff, where are you going? Mr. Lambert grinned as he noticed that he was staring straight for the rope that hung in the water. Then he rested one oar and glided safely around it. Duck Waters sprang out of the boat upon the shore where we sat. Mr. Lambert wants me to go with him across the bay, he said. But I think we had better stay on this side, don't you, Lucio? Oh, I won't be gone long, spoke up Mr. Lambert. I've had a hunkering to see the other side of this pond ever since Luge brought me down here. You won't mind, Luge, will you? Of course, Uncle Lucio let him go. We watched him as he braved the current and noted the powerful stroke of his oars. But we did not wonder much at that, because Link and his father had lived on the water practically all their lifetime back home. We saw him beach his boat and then disappear among the rocks beyond. A shout from Valdez brought our attention back to our side. The rope was moving, and Valdez and his men were leaping down to the water. I heard Valdez give a cry of dismay as he saw the rope give and follow after the shape that pulled it. But with a sudden twang, it came to a halt, and the water, some fifty yards out, began to churn and foam. Pronto! yelled Valdez which means quick or hurry. Together, the two men in swimming tides leaped, and their shining bodies could be seen swimming swiftly under the surface toward where the water churned and foamed. Once, as I watched, I saw a big white fin flash up out of the foaming water, and another time there came such a jerk on the rope that I thought sure It must snap. Oh, if they would only hurry, said Link, who had begun to jump around. Do you think they will catch him, Uncle Lucio? It's more like the shark catching them, I said. Lucio shook his head. Not those fellows, he said. I've seen them kill many before this. See, they are at the place, too bad. There is so much foam around the beast, else you could see them at work. Valdez came over to us, grinning. All right, he said, which was about the only English word he knew. Lucio pulled a pair of marine glasses from his coat pocket and lifted them to his eyes. It's over, he said. They've done him. Let me have a look, Uncle Lucio, I said. He handed the glasses to me, but I hardly needed them, 
for the foaming water had become still and clear, with a streak of red rising up to the surface like an uneven line of smoke. Swimming slowly around the dead shark were two men, each holding a bloody knife. We marveled at their work then, and though it was something wonderful to do, but Lucio said they were accustomed to it and did not feel proud over it. You see, said Lucio, in the first place the poor old shark is cocked fast and is straining at the chain. Of course, he could injure the man even at that if they were not quick enough. But those men are experts. They've only lost one shark that I know of, and that was a time when the chain broke from the rope. Here they come. That night, when the shark was cut open, Lucio gave Valdez strict orders to report whatever was found in the fish, but nothing was found. I wondered then if Lucio thought that possibly the shark was one of the bunch that had devoured Pablo Saules. I imagined that Lucio felt that perhaps something might be found in the shark's stomach by which Pablo Saules could be identified but nothing was found. I began to have hopes now that Pablo Saules had not fallen to the sharks. I even hoped that he escaped altogether, somehow, and that he was alive. But whenever I looked back to the wreck of Casanova's doom and measured its height and considered the deep water below it, The hope for Pablo Saulus faded and died. At six o'clock, our Gabriel announced that the boat was ready to proceed back to the villa, but Lucio held him up and walked the deck with dark waters. Why don't he come back? He said, that's just like Jeff Lambert. He never knows when it's time to come home. Here, we are ready to go and he is not in sight. Yet, if I take his boy back without him, saying goodbye to his daddy, Jeff will be angry. Seven o'clock, and Link's father had not shown up. But, as we sat on the deck near the rail, listening to the wash of the water against the boat, I heard the soft splash of oars alongside. He's here, I said, to Uncle Lucio. In a few moments up the ladder came Mr. Lambert. His face was drawn, and he looked worried. Lucio, he said, this whole darn place is haunted. You ought to go over on the other side. I've been there all afternoon. I saw Peralta. Lucio was interested. You saw Raphael? He asked in a low voice. I saw him, replied Link's father, over there. He pointed with his fingers. He saw you too, I suppose, said Lucio. No, replied Mr. Lambert, shaking his head. I watched out for that. He carried a shotgun. He was looking for something. 
He walked with his eyes turned on the ground, but he didn't find it. Lucio took Mr. Lambert's arm. What do you know? He asked. You talk as if... But Mr. Lambert cut him short. Yes, I know, he said. Because I found it myself after he had gone. See, look here. He held his hand up, and there in the dark, something glittered and sparkled like a little ball of fire. A diamond, exclaimed Doug Waters. Great guns, what a stone. Mr. Lambert handed the article to Lucio. We all crowded around. Look what it's fastened to, said Mr. Lambert. The diamond was an ornament fastened onto the buckle of a lady's slipper. End of chapter 14